Angel Lady Movie Talk. We are diving into the wonderful themes that are part of our story and a huge uh, issue that is presented with our lead character, Ella, is the fact that she is just out of prison. And I have to say that one of the most amazing books that opened my eyes to the reality of what I was writing through the deep character is this book called The Slumber Party from Hell. It was written by an amazing woman named Sue Ellen Allen, who at the age of 57 entered prison for a seven year stretch. Sue Ellen described re-entry as being shot out of a cannon into a brick wall. And that image has stayed with me all through to our discussions. And today, this today is the first day of Second Chances Month. And we are kicking off Second Chances Month by having this discussion about Sue Ellen Allen and about presenting Second Chances. So our first guest, Shamaya Lodge. She is a certified diversity, equity, and inclusion expert and a fellow at CEO Action for Racial Equity, where she leads a corporate engagement strategy focused on mobilizing untapped talent by destigmatizing re-entry through support of fair chance hiring. Yes. She is an interim president of Reinventing Reentry, started by Sue Ellen. How did you meet Sue Ellen Allen? Where were you in your life? What were you up to? Yeah, so really great question. And thanks for, for having me. And thanks for hosting this important conversation in honor of your amazing movie that you're, you're that's coming out. And as we center some of this conversation on Sue Ellen. So I had the pleasure of attending a women's conference and Sue Ellen was on the piano and it was a multi-generational, multi-experience um, piano. And she was there talking about her experience and we didn't, we didn't cross paths at that, at that very moment, but I'm like, wow, this lady is a force to be reckoned with. It was through um, the organizer of that conference who is a mentee of mine and a mentee of Sue Ellen. And so um, the Obama Foundation was having this amazing cohort opportunity out here in Phoenix, Arizona. And so I emailed my mentee and I said, oh my gosh, you have got to apply for this opportunity. So at the same time, Sue Ellen was emailing her and said, you have got to apply for this opportunity. And so sure enough, she ended up getting the opportunity and it was after her cohort and her experience, she wanted to bring the two people who sewed into her lives out for dinner. So we went out to eat, her, myself and Sue Ellen Allen was there. And I'll tell you, Sue Ellen Allen and myself, we closed down the restaurant. Literally <laughs> the owner came out and was like, five minutes, light's gonna be out. And so it was through that time, I got to hear a little bit more about Sue Ellen's story. Um, it was at that very moment, I um, was able to free myself and, and be very vulnerable. I have never until that day expressed to anyone um, outside of my family that I am just as impacted, which means I identify as one of the 25 million adult Americans who have an immediate family member currently incarcerated. Sue Ellen encouraged me to share my story and don't shy away from it because my brother who's incarcerated right now in the state of North Carolina needs my support. And she said, you never know who you meet and what support your brother can get by you sharing your story. So, so that's how I met Sue Ellen Allen. And it was at that moment, we were walking in the parking lot. She goes, I was studying for this huge test that I had to take to get registered at my organization. She said, listen, kiddo, 
if you do not pass that test for whatever reason, you have a place in my organization. I ended up passing the test, but she still offered me an opportunity on her board. And so, and, and now, now I'm here. Sue Ellen, by way of her work, and she'll, she'll share this, and she shared this with many people. She says, I'm a little, I'm a little privileged old white lady, right, that wears real pearls. <laughs> she, she said it was only when she got incarcerated did she realize how horrible the system was for many people, especially people from underrepresented communities. And so she sees no color. She sees like, she sees no race. She sees the money's not a factor for her. She really cares about people. And it's because of that, a lot of individuals have had an opportunity based off of her offerings. She understood that if you get the right people in the room and you tell them the right story, they will lean in and change some of the, the, the craziness that is that has to do with the system. And so she just had that power. She had the power to say, hey, look at me. And I actually was in prison. And her work struck a chord with me something different because again, I have not, for whatever reason, maybe I led from a place of being embarrassed, but I have never shared my story about my brother. It, was, it took Sue Ellen Allen to say, no, 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 young lady. This is your truth. This is your honesty. And she just saw people as that. She just, she believes in everybody, regardless of your circumstances. And it's because of that, I, I leaned into this work as well. But what about the program then? Let's, let's talk about what- Yeah, let's talk about involved. the program. So reinventing reentry and assimilation, it's, it's all about bringing people together to ensure that, you know, they understand how hard it is for individuals to reacclimate into society after having been released um, from prison. Yeah. And so the simu so just as a summary, what the simulation does is it, it, it gives real life experiences of what individuals may face, whether it's getting their driver's license, whether it's needing to um, get a um, housing, whether it's needing to get medical insurance, whether it's needing to get transportation to and from your probation officer or parole officer, regardless of your um, situation, it illustrates how hard it is to just have normal day activities because that record goes with you every single, like it's just, the system is not designed to help returning neighbors return home safely. What, what COVID has allowed us to do is rethink our reach. And so even prior to Sue Ellen passing away, we were forced to do just that. And so we've been working with some developers to bring an on-demand online version of the simulation. And of course, we're still going to be able to have a hybrid model where we're, we're traveling to campuses and doing the simulation in, per, in person. But the beautiful thing about this hybrid um, approach and or this on-demand option is it reaches the masses. Yeah. Anyone and everybody will be able to go online and partake in a simulation and after they have experienced that simulation or those, those um, barriers that the simulation will bring out, yep. they, they should be able to immediately go into action. And what I mean by that is it was Sue Ellen's wish that folks just don't experience the simulation without walking away, deciding and thinking about what actions can they take to make a difference. Right. And so Sue Ellen Allen, her initials S-E-A, what the overall theme of the simulation is, we really want to bring individuals from sympathy to empathy to action. And that's really her, that's her, that's the, her initials. 
My action is what fair chance is by my work. My background is in human resource management. My special, I specialize in recruiting. And so it is my goal to ensure that individuals have the tools and resources they need so they can get seek meaningful employment upon release. Or even if they've never been to prison, if they have some level of um, conviction on their record, that they companies see them for who they are and hire them based off of their skills if they're the best candidate for the position. But it's almost as if individuals have a second um, sentence when they come out because yeah. we as we society as a whole put that label on individuals. And so what I really want individuals to know and, and I'm I'm embodying my inner Sue Ellen here is you really have to see people for people. You re, we really have to give individuals the chance that they deserve. And so my, my, my kind of feedback or, or my wish and my hope and my prayer is that individuals start to see people as people. Douglas McNeil-Reed is a military veteran and a dedicated social justice mental health advocate. He currently serves as the Director of Partnerships to Black Men Heal. He has lectured in courses at Columbiana University that address concerns regarding correctional systems and institutions. Thank you for being on the show. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Tell me about your life and what connected you with Sue Ellen Allen. Where were you? Well, one of the things, um, uh, I'm retired out of the Federal Bureau of Prisons, um, and I had a desire to actually give back. You know, I was actually working in the Federal Bureau of Prisons at the height of uh, mass incarceration. And one of the things I wanted to do once I retired was to give back, uh, just to re-channel that thinking but for people to understand, uh, even as we're talking about second chances during this month. So um, I was watching the Van Jones Redemption Project uh, which van was going inside the prisons talking to individuals that committed a crime against someone and uh, bringing them face to face with the uh, the victim's family. And he, they were hosting up in uh, NYU. So I got an opportunity to go up there and Van was explaining about the show. And he asked Sue Olin to stand up. He said, Sue Olin, stand up. Let's, I mean, you know, tell them a little bit about yourself. Uh, and Sue Ellen stood up as gracefully as she is, and she said, um, you know, I'm formerly incarcerated, but I am a serial killer. And the crowd, like, you just heard a sigh, even myself. I was like, oh, my God, this, this lady, you know, older white woman, red. I'm like, I really got to hear this. Like, she's a serial killer. Mm -hmm. And she said, yes, um, Frosted Flakes. Cheerios, Raisin Bran, and everybody just died. Uh, so that's, that changed the ice of it uh, with her bubbly personality. Uh, everybody was fabulous at the time. And once it was over, uh, everybody was, you know, real eager to go meet Van Jones. I was eager to meet Sue Ellen Allen. Yeah. I wanted to meet her. So when I went up to, to meet her and I introduced myself, uh, and I told her I was trying to start a uh, nonprofit organization, but I also told her I was a CEO. Um, and she kind of, you know, kind of which, you know, drew back a little bit because, of course, being incarcerated for a certain period of time, there are some, re you know, there are some uh, hesitant, 
see uh, what CLs, you know, some, some good, some bad and different. So, so she told me about her organization. And she told me, look, if you could call me every Friday, I will tell you everything I know about nonprofit organizations and this field of uh, prison reform. So I called her every Friday and we talked for hours. Um, I did get adopted. She adopted me as, uh, as her son. Um, and I took that title. <laughs> and then uh, she told me about this re the reentry simulation. And she yeah. said, you know, well, Douglas, if, if you would come out to Phoenix, Arizona, you know, we're having a simulation before the Arizona Public Defenders, I would be glad to show you exactly what we do. And I went to Arizona and she uh, conducted the prison simulation for the Arizona public defenders. I think it was like 250. They broke them down and I was truly amazed uh, about the, um, the, the impact that it had on those individuals for them to really understand the job that they do and the impact that it has on uh, individuals who have been justly uh, involved. I continue to work with <laughs> travel the country, um, you know, with oh. the university. Uh, our last stop was uh, March of, what is that, 2019? Is that 2019, I think? Uh, which was with the Tennessee legislators right after the uh, uh, the tornado in Tennessee. Um, it was just, it was tremendous. It was a great feeling to be in that space with her. She would always introduce me as her adopted son, but she would also introduce me as uh, having the the empathy and the caring as far as being working in the criminal uh, as a correction officer, understanding the system, and yet being able to uh, voice my viewpoint in regards to people who have been affected in the system. How how do people need help? What do you see? Well, in so many different ways. I mean, be, being pulled away from uh, your family for a numerous amount of years, yeah. uh, that has an effect not only on you, but to your family and your friends. Uh, one thing that really comes to mind is being, uh, you know, as we say in solidarity, you know, solitude as far as going into what they call the hole, being locked up for 24 uh, seven, seven days a week and only coming out for an hour. Uh, you can only imagine the mental aspect of how that plays on your mind. Uh, and then actually being incarcerated for, you know, let's say uh, for any amount of time and then being released. One of the things I did uh, as a correction officer, I said process uh, guys in and out. And one of the things I used to ask guys, like, what are you going to do once you get out? You know, some of the answers guys told me, you know, you know my family's been able to uh, be with me and, you know, uh, that writing letters and there's been communication and then picking me up. And then I had some individuals said, you know, uh, look, CEO, uh, you gave me the clothes that I have on. Um, I really don't know what I'm going to do, you know. So that that effect, you know, from you know even from a, a mental aspect, it, it can play, you know, for lack of better words, and play tricks on your mind. You know, your mind plays tricks yeah. on you. I mean, you're black men heal. Can you tell me about how you entered into it and what is it? Black men heal actually is an organization, and I'm uh, I went through the therapy personally, so I'm known as the client. Um, so I went through it uh, personally, and the what I got out of it was a, the ability to actually understand what, some of the traumas within my life. You know, Black Man Heal removes the stigma around mental health. Uh, we call cultural competency and actually pairing clinician and pro, uh, providers up of color, or like a very intense matchmaking system. And we offer it to Black men for free, 18 years and over. I mean, one of the things around mental health, especially within the uh, within the black community, um, especially as a man, we have a tendency as just being the provider and the progenerators that we are. 
Uh, we put a lot of we put a lot of weight on our shoulders, um, and a, a lot of times we're we can't handle that. Uh, yet we won't never express it. We'll just carry that load. Uh, one of the things is, you know, even within the black community, how dare we step out of our families to, to express some things that are happening uh, within our family, uh, especially from a mental aspect. Uh, so, you know, and that's what Black Man Hill does. It removes the stigma around it. It's a, you know, even the, we, we, you discuss, I told something about King's Corner. It's a virtual free space that we open up because of the tremendous amount of applicants throughout the whole country applying for Black Man Hill. Uh, and that's a virtual free space that we invite guys in to talk about subjects that affect the black community. Uh, and they, they come in that space and they open up. So with that and people I've been on, you know, been able to you know, be on the news or be in some kind of uh, spotlight for black men heal. I express my vulnerability. People have seen me cry in which I don't take, you know, I'm not sorry for what I did. It's just the fact that that's my feeling during that particular time. And that's where my heart is. So I have to express what's on my heart and yet not feel the shame because I did it in front of thousands of people or even a small amount of people. It really doesn't matter to me. Wow. People would like to get in touch with Douglas. If you have a, a passion for that issue or you know someone who could use some counseling, please go ahead and contact him. Thank you so much, Douglas. Joel Ray works as a family and life coach, educating, inspiring parents and children to live together with love, respect, and cooperation. She is the founder of the global movement, No Judgment, Just Love. Sharon invites us to move beyond judgments that divide us and to consciously lead with love in our thoughts, words, and actions. Welcome. Sharon Ray. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, Hi, everybody. Sharon. <laughs> Sue Ellen in the room. Oh, well, listen, you changed my life. You brought me so much understanding and so many great people. Thank you. You're welcome. It's my you. absolute pleasure. What a gift. What a gift. Let's talk about your encounter, your first encounter with Sue Ellen and the and the work that you did parallel with her and then parallel to her with your program. Okay. okay. Well, so, yes. So Sue Ellen wrote <laughs> the book, The Slumber Party from Hell, <laughs> which it absolutely was. And her second editor was my editor at the time that I was writing a book as a family relationship coach, helping people through divorce. Mm -hmm. So Mary Holden, shout out to Mary Holden. Um, connected the two of us and Sue Ellen and I met in a little cafe in downtown Scottsdale. I happened to show her my movement at the time. I had these charms that I was offering to help people move the movement around. She immediately resonated with it. Give me that one off of your neck. <laughs> so just took it. And every time we interacted, she reminded me of how much those four words helped her, impacted her, and that they had to move around the world. So Sue Ellen and I had the opportunity, she invited me to go with her to, it was in 2016, 2016 to Washington DC 
from Arizona with four other women for the United State of Women, which was hosted by the Obama administration, where I got to bring the message of No Judgment, Just Love. Sue Ellen got to speak on a panel for prison reform. We shared a room for five days and a bedroom, and it was just hilarious. She is a spitfire. Oh, my goodness. From there, I attended as many of her events at the Arizona Capitol as I could. She had a day of empathy where she brought together legislators to really talk about an issue which, to me, having less judgment for each other and including ourselves and moving more to allowance and freedom to be who we are at every moment, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and speak of that, about that in a way that inspires people is what I got from her. And from that, I was able to, well, there are a lot of little things that happened synchronistically that came together where uh, in 2019, I got to deliver a reunification for women, moms, who were in prison at Perryville. Yeah. And you know, intuitively, just from um, people being in prison physically is not dissimilar from the rest of us being in prison in our minds. And so from that, I had to create, I got the privilege to create a program for these women every day. And I didn't get a chance to really work on it until the night before, because I, unlike many people in this country, I've never been in prison. However, I've had family members that are, so I had some awareness, but I was not prepared for what happened when I went into Perryville because it was at the end of October and there's little tiny uh, buildings off in the distance with very barren land around them. And I just came with the knowing that these women are magnificent. These women are valuable and something has happened around them, to them, that they did, that crushed that awareness. So I walk in with just, hey, I love y'all. And <laughs> the room was decorated in Halloween and they had their orange suits on. And I was like, y'all match your decor. <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> and then started out with uh, delivering no judgment, just love. And what I saw was tense. You know, they were jovial with each other, but very cautious. But once we started talking about no judgment, just love, shoulders relaxed. They sat back in their seats. And one woman who I could tell was, you know, a bit of a problem in the yard was telling me how she interacted with everybody. And once she embraced that message the next morning, she shared with all of these women and said, you know, Sharon, that message really resonated with me. And I was kinder to people in the yard the next day. And from there, our next four days were just magical. And at the end, one of the things I asked these women if they would consider doing was now that they have gone through this change to write a letter to their family members, the people who cared for their kids while they were away, the people that they were in love with or was in love with them, the people that were their friends, write them a meet me now letter. And that meet me now is, this is who I was. This is who I am becoming. I would love to have a new relationship with you. This is how I'm forgiving myself. Those types of prompts. And they lapped it up so parched, like the, yes, we want to do that. We want to see people, us to want people to see us new. We've put our love into the, the incarcerated person while they're there. 
We've put our love into them as they're trying to get out as Sue Ellen has done with the reinventing re-entry. I wanna be adjunct to that, reinventing re-entry into their families. And giving these tools that we give to the inmates, to the, the uh, ex-offenders, the people that are out in the world trying to make it, give their families that same support and knowledge and mental health awareness and forgiveness and no judgment, just love. So that when they send this letter, whoops, I'm starting to get a little emotional. <laughs> when Aww. they start to send letters like this, that this family knows sincerely what they've been through. And then they can embrace them just like we want society to embrace them. And remember that these humans are magnificent in who they are just as being humans. Stuff has happened to them that have caused them and us to forget that. And I wanna help bring that back. So I am in the process. I just had this epiphany just the other day because yes, I would like to be in the prisons but I think this is an absolute valuable adjunct to that. And so I invite anybody who's listening to get a hold of Sherry as a general, because I, you know, I don't have anything about it yet. You can't really contact me, but if you contact Sherry and Sherry, if you would provide your email address and just put in the subject line, Sue Ellen legacy, Sue Ellen legacy. And then whatever emails Sherry gets, she will divide them up. So you can help me build this out. I am open now for conversation with people that are families who've had the experiences, who can help me create a simulation, just like for the inmates coming out, for the families receiving them in. Brilliant. But my email is Sherry, S-H-E-R-I, at angelladymovie.com. And I am honored. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Thank Sherry. You. Thank you, everyone.